Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Over the doors and bottom Blessings, peace, and blessings. Welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, a program that comes to you every week, Lord willing, every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We encourage you to call in at 563-999-3089 and press number one on your phone pad to engage in our conversation as we give to you what has come across our screen since we last came together live. I'm your co-host, Brother Youssef Muhammad, along with Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, and we are eternally grateful for the opportunity to co-host this program week in and week out, and we don't begin anything without giving praise to where all praise is due. So in the name of the Most High God, the Beneficent, the Merciful, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the Architect of the universe, we thank him and we could never thank him enough for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of health, 
uh, it may be a matter of opinion whether or not we have our thinking faculties, you know, screwed on tight, if you will. But we're doing the best we can to serve our people as students, as soldiers, as saviors. So we thank Almighty God, and we thank him for his intervention in the affairs of men, that he would leave with us the exalted Christ and leave with us their divine reminder. Again, I am honored and humbled to greet everyone on the line with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the Arabic language, the language of our ancestors. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum sir. Thank you, Brother Rudolph, which means peace be unto you, offering you a prayer, offering you peace, offering you paradise. For we want for you what we want for ourselves. Again, you can call your network, you can get on your database and uh, inform them of this weekly program that they can log on to blogtalkradio.com forward slash black hole radio, hole spelled W-H-O-L-E, blackholeradio.com forward slash D-A-F-C-P, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Uh, for, for our first-time listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. For our consistent and constant listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. We thank all of you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. Uh, before I go into all of the rules of engagement, just to lay a baseline assessment, if you will, for those of you who are new to this program, our conversation raise, uh, ranges, pardon me, anywhere from viruses to vaccines, from flu to health and fitness, from fire safety education to community risk reduction. We ask you to ask yourself, where will I and my family be when disaster strikes? And so we just encourage you to get informed, establish a plan, develop a survival kit, and periodically reassess your plan and your kit. For as the gospel song instructs, we need you to survive. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has given us a spiritual instruction, an exhortation, if you will, to watch the weather. And so as many of us are experiencing peculiar weather, we ask the question here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. When did the prophet Noah build the ark? <laughs> now, as, you, as you ponder, as you ponder the question, we won't let you hang, but for so long, we're not out here to let you hang. We certainly don't want you to get hung. So the answer right. is what, Brother Rudolph? When did the prophet Noah build the ark? Before the rain started. See? Before the rain came and the flood came, the rain started <laughs> and the flood came. So with that being said, you've heard the voice of choice, our dear brother co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, who will carry you further with the welcoming before we get into the content and the context of today's show. Brother Rudolph? Thank you, Brother Yusuf. 
beginning all things in the name of the one God, the true and living God, the I am that I am, the Alpha, the Omega, the grand architect of the universe, the grandfather of the planet, the all in all, whatever attribute, title, or name you wish to give to that entity that was here before you and I got here, aired this cornucopia of beauty that we were birthed into, that one that laid out the feast for us to come into to enjoy the bounty of what he has prepared out of his own, the innermost recesses of his mind. Yes, we're talking about that one that is responsible for all that was, is, and will be. So whatever title or name you want to give to that one, as long as we both understand that there is an entity, a power, a person that is greater than you and I, on this planet, acting on this planet, acting on behalf of those on this planet. That's the one that we're talking about. In our faith tradition, we call him Allah, the all in all. And so to that one, we give thanks, pay homage, we humble ourselves, we bow our heads, we take a moment out of our day to thank him for his grace and mercy, undeserved because we've done nothing to deserve it. So grace and mercy is the order of the day for us. We don't want justice. Well, I'm not going to speak for you. I'm going to speak for me. I don't want justice. I want grace and mercy. Because if I was to receive justice for all of my shenanigans and tomfoolery, I'd be in a terrible position. So I appreciate grace and mercy. And so we thank that one for coming to us, appearing to us in the person of a well-made man. Scripture says, you know, if you, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, If you were angels or spirits, I would have come to you as an angel or a spirit, but you're flesh and blood. So I come to you Mm -hmm. in flesh and blood. And I appreciate that because I know if a spirit descended in front of me to tell me anything, it would be talking to empty space because I'd be out. So I, I, I thank him for appearing to us in the person of Master Muhammad, and I thank him for raising the most honorable Elijah Muhammad geographically from this area that I'm in right now, Detroit, Michigan, Black Bottoms, as they used to call it. And he raised that one from among us as a sign to show us we are not irretrievably, hopelessly lost as society would like to put it out there. 
We're not, you know, so far gone that we're beyond help. And so by him raising that one and elevating that one to the status of which he is now, and we know him to be the exalted Christ, you won't have to believe that. That's what we believe. That's what I believe. And then we thank both of them for not leaving us comfortless, guideless in this day and time. Think about it. You want to go to South America, to Europe, to Africa, to uh, Alaska, wherever, on a tour, but you've never been there. So what do you do? You seek out a guide, someone to accompany you that can help you avoid the pitfalls, someone that can point out the historic things about the area that you're going in, someone that can explain the history of the area in which you're in, and someone that can prayerfully help you return from that trip safely so that you can talk about it. Well, that's who the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is to us. He is a guide. He is the most perfect example of total submission to the will of God. He is Mm -hmm. that one who has sacrificed his entire life on behalf of the downtrodden, the poor, the suffering, the oppressed. A lot of people would like to just paint him into that narrow corner, um, you know, that he's just for the black man and woman. Well, think about the mission of the historical Jesus of the Bible early on in his mission. Okay, he went to a group of people first and worked with them. And then at another part in his mission, he went into the broader community of humanity. But you always have to have a base to start from. And so we just became the base for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to start from. But what he has done and what he does is for the totality of humanity. It's for all over the world. doesn't matter if you're black, brown, red, yellow, or poor white. He speaks on behalf of those who do not have a voice. He speaks truth to power regardless to whom or what. As we use the language of the day, he is the goat. Yes, (laughs) he is the goat uh, of this dispensation of time. We're not talking about Michael. We're not talking about Kobe. We're not talking about LeBron. We're not talking about uh, um, Beckham Jr. We're not talking about Tom Brady. We're talking about the real goat, the uh, the the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, the one was instrumental and who was the vessel that Almighty God spoke through to call a million black men to assemble at a specific place 
at a specific time. And not just that million, but another million and so more some came. And not just black men, because our women played a very, very pivotal role in that. They supported us. They helped us. They were the auxiliary help us to get there and to do what needed to be done. Every generation has that um, issue, situation, circumstance that causes a decision to be made that will be that will go down in history as the defining moment for that generation. Well, for us, it was the Million Man March for those who were alive at that time. And when I say alive, I don't just mean alive physically. I mean alive mentally, alive spiritually, alive emotionally. And since then, it has never happened because the God, I guess, doesn't want it to happen again, or maybe the God just, uh, uh, you know, doesn't have the need for it to happen again. I'm not saying that I'm in the mindset of the God, so I don't know. All I know is that it did happen, and I was there to witness it, and I did my little part to try and help, and praise be to Allah, I experienced it, and it lives on in me. And it will never die because it was such a monumentous event. So, again, thanking the creator, thanking the one that the creator raised, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and thanking the one that both of them backed support, and defend the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We greet you, the listeners, the family, the well-wishers, the supporters, and even the detractors. We greet you in the greeting words of peace and paradise of our salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. I know that, that, that went around the schoolyard just to come inside, and I don't know where it came from, Brother Yusuf, but, hey, I just opened my mouth, and whatever came out, came out. Praise be to Allah, because I had nothing planned. All I'm just trying to bear to witness to the goodness of the God, the mercy of the God, because he allowed a fool like me to not die wandering in the wilderness, but to get, gain a reasonable portion of sanity and to be able to be out here to try and help another wayward traveler on this journey called life. Brother Yusuf? Uh, thank you, Brother Rudolph. Praise be to Allah, brother, for bearing witness and you know, whether you had something planned or not, we know that Allah is the best planner. And so for yes, our listening audience, how do we connect the dots? First of all, we got to give credit to where credit is due. Or should I say grammatically correctly, we have to give 
not got to give. But anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Give credit where credit is due. Then we connect the dots to uh, what we normally talk about in terms of the sub-subjects of fire safety, communication, uh, 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 health and fitness, vaccines and viruses, just being prepared. You know, those six Ps that they use in the military of the United States, proper prior planning prevents performance. And as Brother Rudolph lifted up the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan during the Million Man March, you know, one of the base scriptures that was used was Second Chronicles 7 and 14. That's right. Now, now these brothers called me the pastor of disaster. I don't know why. However, the scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray (laughs) and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins, and heal, H-E-A-L, heal their land. Well, if there's anybody amongst our listening audience that is not in need of a healing, then we would like to know. But I think we're all in the same uh, boat now, as was mentioned earlier, Noah's boat. And forgive us whether we share with you scripture that's prophecy more than history, or we share with you a lyric of a song, no matter what the genre, from from spirituals to Gospels to blues to jazz to hip-hop to R&B. Brother Rudolph and I are just liable to do that to make it applicable. I know many of you who got our uh, little advertisement started off today <laughs> with, it's been a long time since I left you without a strong beat to step to. Step to. Who's that, Rakim? Y'all don't know. that. That's, that's just yeah, for the that, old school hip-hop. That's right. That's, that's in our community. But connecting it to the minister and the healing, He also said this as it relates to the weather and disaster preparedness, and I quote, those who are scripturally prepared know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence, famine and earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world, and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, it is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and to do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disasters, unquote, by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So whether you believe it or not, if you go into the weekly periodical of the Final Call newspaper, we affectionately say it's news with views you can use. There's a section entitled The Depopulation Briefs that speaks to, in detail, based on the research team, why we don't take the vaccines, why we encourage others not to take it, and what the vaccines have done since they've been implemented. So we encourage you to go and get your 
weekly edition of the Final Call newspaper. And I hope y'all don't mind me just touching base with just one little article that you may or may not be aware of as it relates to the courtroom deposition of Dr. Anthony Fauci. You know, he was considered the singular voice of science that guided America's COVID response to become the worst health disaster in modern history and was finally put under oath to answer questions in a seven-hour disposition. The lawsuit was brought by the attorney generals of the state of Missouri and Arkansas who charged that the U.S. government concluded with social media giants to suppress free speech guaranteed by the First Amendment to the Constitution. For the first time, Fauci was forced under penalty of perjury to answer for his destructive role in the pandemic. And the man who runs the most massive medical system on the planet Earth testified that he could not remember, unquote, to a reported 174 times. Further, Fauci could not point to a single scientific study, not one, that supported mask mandates or that supported masking at all. The government health leaders already admitted that the six-foot social distancing rule had no scientific basis, that the vaccine cannot prevent infection or transmission of any disease, and that more vaccinated people are dying from COVID than unvaccinated. But now the rationale for the mask policy is shown to be a mythology. Fauci revealed that the lockdowns he pushed into President Trump were not the result of any thoughtful risk-benefit analytical planning, but apparently the result of a minor official's visit to China where he was impressed by their brutal lockdown measures, the same ones that have now pushed hundreds of thousands of Chinese into the streets in widespread rebellions. This is just uh, one article in the depopulation briefs of the Final Call newspaper dated December 20th, 2022. I recommend, uh, brothers and sisters, whether you believe that report or not, that you look deeply into it, for the life you save might be your own, as my father would say. You understand? So... You know, I use the term community risk reduction, and some of you may or may not be familiar with it, but community risk reduction is a process to identify and prioritize local risks, followed by the integrated and strategic investment of resources, whether it's emergency response and prevention. This is all to reduce their occurrence and impact. And so that's all we're trying to do, brothers and sisters, is to expose you to information that mainstream media is really not talking about. And you won't be able to come back to us and say, well, Brother Yusuf, Brother Rudolph, how come you didn't tell us this was going down the way it was going down? 
No, right. you'll never be able to tell us that. So that was just one point in the depopulation uh, briefs that we thought would be beneficial to you. Um, we've not been with you for the last two or three weeks live, and we've been traveling. We've been involved in other uh, collaborations with other organizations about disaster preparedness. And last week this time I was on my way and was engaged with the Black Family Summit, which is a group of 30 national black organizations uh, that came out of the mind of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in 2002 as a result of Hurricane Katrina and the Millions More Movement. And so shout out to our dear brother, Brother Baba Leonard Dunstan, who yes, sir. Uh, took the initiative along with Sister Nana Raj Predome in passing uh, the baton, if you will, the staff, if you will, of his blood, sweat, and tears to our dear sister, sister, Dr. Zakia Newton, who will pick up the baton and take it as far as God is blessing her and the coalition of organizations to take. So I was honored to be a part of that Black Family Summit last week in Baltimore, traveling with my wife and my 93-year-old mother-in-law. What a blessing it was to be in the midst of all of those there, including the black psychologists, the black psychiatrists, members of INCOBRA, the reparations uh, group, members of the All Healers uh, Mental Health Alliance, and so many others, including civil rights leaders and those who are very much concerned about our people being incarcerated unjustly. So I just wanted to share that, Brother Rudolph. I'm going to fall back, and if there's anything uh, you want to elaborate on based on uh, just that one subject we dealt with at this point, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, thank you, Brother Yusuf. Now you are, man, you, you said a mouthful there talking about the depopulation brief, talking about Fauci lying, talking about uh, the attorney generals of certain states pulling him, pulling him into court and, put, you know, holding his feet to the fire and, and, and you know, all, all of that, which shows uh, it's something about the scripture um, where it talks about Satan casting out Satan, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and yes, so I, I, I just look at this stuff and I just sit back. And, you know, as we say with the emojis, SMH. Man. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you know. Take my uh, That's speaking right. Speaking the language of the people, you know, I'm, we're just the voice of one crying out in the projects. All right? That's you know, right. you know what time it is. <laughs> so, Yeah. You know, when you were talking about that scripture from Second Chronicles, and you stress heal H E A L the land, but you know what? We gotta analyze that scripture to understand that this is the God talking to His creation, His people, 
And what he's saying is that it's a uh, he's making he's giving us a pro- proposition there. That scripture is actually a proposition. It's not a promise. Well, it is a promise, but in that promise, he's going to do something if that preposition if is in there. And that means that it's not a guarantee that it's going to happen. So that means that in all actuality, the reality of it is we got some work that we have to do. And so if we do our due diligence and do what we're supposed to do, then we will receive the promise of the God. If we don't, then we won't. So the question is, where are we? in that prepositional uh, uh, um, equation right now. Have we done our due diligence? Uh, Just looking at the time, I would, one would have to say, no, we have not successfully achieved that goal yet. There's still some more work to be done. As the song said, looking at my Gucci, it's about that time. Well, what time is it? Mm, mm, mm. You know, what time is it? The land needs a healing. Well, another scripture, and again, he's the pastor of disaster. I'm merely an usher in his church. So I just open <laughs> the doors and seat you. That's my no, job. No, no. <laughs> All right. But I know that in one of those sermons that he's get done, he talked about a scripture that said, there's a bomb in Gilead, not a B-O-M-B, but a B-A-L-M, bomb, mm-hmm. a healing ointment, a salve, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a medicinal uh, rub that if spread on a certain area and massaged in properly will bring about relief from certain ailments. So there's a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. There's a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. And so, you know, we know that in that scripture, there's actuality in there, but then there's also a part of it that's, a parable, it's speaking to or into a climate, a mindset, and a situation, and it causes the one that's reading it to have to stop and research it to figure out what part of it is real and what part of it is parable. But either way you go, what it's telling you is that we sick and we need to be healed, but we can't heal ourselves. So we have to go to the doctor to get the medication necessary to bring about the healing that we need. So that bomb, one would say, or one could say, is truth, because we need the truth of the time 
and what must be done. That part of that bomb has to be that whoever is the nurse that's going to administer the medication or the the the, the medication from the doctor's prescription, they have to be skilled with the internal uh, attitude of compassion because you can be as smart as you want to be intellectually, but if you don't have compassion for human suffering, how effective can you be? If you can't empathize with a person who is going through something, how can you help them? You're disconnected from them, and so spiritually, you can never get close enough to them for them to trust you in order to utilize what you have. So, you know, the bomb in Gilead, well, is Gilead an actual place or is it a state of mind? Is the bomb an actual bomb, or is it a fictitious uh, uh, um, um, thing that we just talk about in the church because we have nothing else to talk about? These are questions that you have to answer, and based on how you answer them, we'll tell what the next step will be for you. I personally believe that Gilead is an actual place. I personally believe that the bomb is an actual thing that, if used strategically and properly, can bring about a healing for whatever the condition is that ill affects humanity. So, Let's go back to now the instruction, watch the weather. Why were we instructed to watch the weather? Because he said in a few days, something's going to happen. Well, in the Holy Quran, it speaks to, there's a scripture that talks about the shock of the hour. Mm. And it says that the shock of the hour is a grievous thing. And then it goes on to talk about what would happen in that shock of the hour. And one of the things that it brings up, it says that a, uh, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, that a mother who would have a youngin would forget about her baby. Now, what kind of thing could go on, You, you one would say, to make a mother forget about her baby? What would have to happen that would cause that kind of effect on a woman? woman would lay down her burden before time. Well, in the medical field, we call that either a spontaneous abortion or a miscarriage. So what 
circumstances, that would have to be a hell of a thing, Brother Yusuf, to make that happen. Well, there is such a level of stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. in the world today that we're watching, especially now, since COVID, we're watching more young people entering the medical facilities for mental health issues than older people. And you're wondering, what could make a young person be that stressed out? They're young. They just got on the planet. You're living in your parents' house. You you won't have a care in the world. Go to school, get good grades. Um, That's all you've got to do. Food, clothing, and shelter is provided for you. So what could you possibly be so stressed out about that it can cause physical manifestations in them where they can't function? So now they have to be medicated 24-7 just to make it through the day. Now they are self-medicating. They're trying to drown their emotions in uh, stimulants of one type or another. The drug use in this country and any other country on the planet. And there seems to be no answer for it. Everybody's trying to get high (laughs) so that they can escape reality. There's songs written about this down throughout the years. Hell, the uh, uh, the Temptations they wrote ball they sang Ball of Confusion. Marvin Gaye he asked the question, "What's going on?" And if you listen to the words of either one of those songs that was written back then, it's still prevalent and real to this day. So they must have been speaking the truth, and they must have been guided by a force greater than just themselves because that question, those questions and those situations are so timeless that they're still a reality in 2022. So, you know, Brother Yusuf, I, I, I was just uh, saying all of this just to say, you know, if we are following, watching current events, and, I, and I'll say this, everyone should watch a news article, news media, at least twice a day. I'm not saying to and be bombarded with the madness all day, every day but at least early in the morning and late at night, you should watch the news or listen to a good news station to hear what's going on around you and what is predicted or predicted to come so that you can prepare yourself and your family for the time and what must be done. Well, Weather-wise, we are in the middle of a situation. A, one part of the country 
Louisiana just got hit with like 20 tornadoes in one day. But all through that region down there, tornado after tornado after tornado. At the same time, snowstorms are rocking a certain portion of the country. Hell, Northern California is experiencing it. And then the states directly adjacent to it. And then as you come further across into the Midwest of the country, then there are temperature and wind current events that are going on that um, are forcing people to take heed and pay attention. And now it's predicted to continue clear across the United States to the East Coast. Well, coming from the East Coast, Brother Yusuf, you and I know, no stranger to weather events on the East Coast. Um, the East Coast this time of year. However, what they're predicting is that it's going to reach a level of cold that we have not seen in years. Mm. So think about the homeless population, the population of people that don't have quality shelter for themselves and their families. Think about those people who live in those buildings that are operated by slumlords who they're in a shelter, but they might as well be outside because it's warmer outside than it is in the shelter they're living in. Mm. They have no uh, electricity. They have no, not just hot water, no running water. Millions of people are using, you know, and, and what gets me is you look at the commercials and the people, they, they say, do not use the stove to warm up your house. Well, if that's all I got, then what I'm supposed to do, free? So millions of people are going to use their stoves to warm up their house, their houses. I'm not going to tell you not to. I'm going to tell you to be careful. I'm going to tell you that if you're using the stove, whether it's the oven or it's the eye, to warm up your house, put a pot of water or a, a pot in there with, and make sure it's filled with water so that you get some moisture into the air and you can help to cut some of those toxic fumes and keep an eye on it so that all the water doesn't boil out and then the pot just burns. I'm going to tell you not to cover your windows with plastic and then duct tape them because then you leave no area for fresh air to circulate in that room you're in and you will surely die of the toxic um, effect of the internal gases that build up in that space. To those of us who are wearing and who wear masks, I'm not going to tell you not to wear your mask uh, because the masks do serve a function, especially now with this trifecta that's going on of influenza, RSV, and, yes, COVID is still here, hasn't gone anywhere. That's right. So the mask is a good deterrent against it, 
But I will tell you this, you cannot wear the mask for eight straight hours without getting some kind of fresh air because you begin to build up carbon dioxide in your system because you're rebreathing your exhaled air. It's 21% oxygen in atmospheric air, 78% um, nitrogen and 1% other gases. Okay, we're concerned about the 21% oxygen. So we inhale 21% oxygen, and every time we exhale, we exhale 16% CO2 or carbon dioxide. Okay, so every time you exhale, you're exhaling 16% carbon dioxide. Now you're wearing that mask. So now you're going to re-inhale that 16% carbon dioxide, and you're going to exhale it again. Well, you have to begin to understand at a certain point you're building up gas, poisonous gas, that you're just circulating in your system because you have no fresh air to introduce to it. So what I'm saying is if you're wearing masks, you have to take time every hour to take that mask off and get some good fresh air from somewhere. Hell, if you, I work in a hospital. I'll go out into the middle of the parking lot periodically through every hour and take my mask off and take some deep breaths. Do I, can I say scientifically that it's working? No, I can't. But in my mind, I say that it's working, so it's working for me. What I do know is I cannot sit up in that hospital with the recirculated air and continue breathing that and expect to be healthy because everything that's coming into that emergency room, now the emergency room, the waiting room, is a Petri dish of infection. Mm. It's a Petri dish of pathogens. People come in and they're sitting in the emergency room and the waiting room for 8 to 12 to 14 hours waiting to be seen, and they're snotting and coughing, and, and the children are running around and they're touching everything and everybody is coughing and spitting on each other, and you're wondering why nobody is getting better. And then you have people are coming to the emergency rooms um, for the darndest things. Now, Brother Yusuf, you may be able to relate to this. Uh, When we were growing up, we didn't go to the emergency room like that. Mm-hmm. And something something had to be real. You had to really, really be experiencing a situation for your parents to take you to an emergency room. That's right. Oh, they'll tell you in a minute. Go drink some water and sit your butt down somewhere. A, a good glass of water se- seemed to be the remedy for almost everything. <laughs> and, and and some time out. <laughs> you know. That's <laughs> right. You know, but, yeah, you know, but they're coming to the end, and what we're seeing now is more young people are coming in with this RSV, which is a respiratory issue. Right. Um, 
it's an infection in their lungs, and at such a young age, it's ravishing their body. Mm. And you really can't tell the difference without a good test, molecular test. You can't mm-hmm. tell the difference between flu, RSV, and COVID. So if they got one, they got them all. Or that's the way you have to look at it and treat it that way. Now, we've just come out of a three-year pandemic with COVID, and all of these sanctions and safeguards were put in place during COVID. We didn't have a flu outbreak then. But now all of a sudden they're telling everybody the flu is going to be bad this year, so um, flu shot. Well, if you didn't have a flu outbreak for three years, what is the so-called inoculation or vaccination that you are using for the people against what strand of flu because you didn't have one, and unless you're the author of the strand of flu, how do you know what strand of flu to vaccinate the people against? And that's just a question that, that, you know, as Arsenio used to say, Brother Yusuf, Things to make you go, hmm. That's right. Through the pandemic, people took the COVID vaccines, and we see what has happened from that, okay? And now you have the legal system, the court, the highest court, saying, and all the information is coming out that, okay, they lie. None of that stuff was true about the vaccines. The vaccines don't stop you from getting COVID. They don't help with the COVID. It doesn't mean a thing because more people that have gotten the jab are suffering from COVID than people who didn't get it. But now you still have institutions who are trying to force people to take these vaccines. But then you have these companies who under the – uh, well, the, under the PrEP Act, P-R-E-P, PrEP Act, it gave companies total immunity from any liability for mm-hmm. anything bad that happened from the vaccine. So companies like Moderna, like Pfizer, they just got a windfall of money because they were able to be able to charge whatever they want for this poison that they injected into people. Now, here's the conspiracy. The government forced people to take the poison. The people who came up with the poison and administered it are exempt from prosecution because of the under the PrEP Act, they can't be held liable you or a family member dies directly or indirectly from that poison. But if you pick me up in the street with some kind of substance on me, then the driver of the car I was in, whether he knew about it or not, you can charge him as a conspirator because he was driving the vehicle that I was riding in, and I had the substance, and we'll go to jail for that. But here you just killed a million people 
with a poisonous so-called vaccine, and nobody's being held accountable or going to jail for it. The insurance companies are not paying out for it. You know, again, things to make you go, hmm. Imagine that. Yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Thank you, brother, for sharing that so much. Brothers and sisters, we're at 4.57 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on this weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. We sort of spent the first hour uh, giving you an update of the landscape of some things that uh, you may have been aware of, and more than likely you might not have been aware of it to the extent we shared it with you. I'm glad uh, Brother Rudolph put the disclaimer out there, the healthcare disclaimer for this program and our services do not constitute the practice of medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Uh, we, we suggest you can talk to your healthcare provider for diagnosis and treatment, including your spe- specific medical needs, pardon me, if you have or suspect that you have a medical problem or condition contact a qualified healthcare professional immediately. I mean, we're qualified in what we do. Me spending over 30 years in the fire service profession, uh, rescue profession, Brother Rudolph spending over 30 years in the emergency medical uh, profession. And so um, we just want to let you know that just because we read certain things and you disagree with it, well, look into it deeper because the life you save might be your own. And if you're in the United States listening to this program and experiencing a medical emergency, then we suggest, of course, you call 911. So I'm glad Brother Rudolph put that disclaimer out there. Um, it's like a quote, Brother Rudolph, that, that I once heard Maya Angelou say, the uh, prolific writer. And I quote, she said, you might not be able to control all the events that happen to you, but you can choose to not be reduced by them. You see? And so this is what we're trying to share with you, brothers and sisters. Um, Of course, if you want to learn more about uh, building your immune system, and shout out to uh, Brother Eddie Stevenson, Muhammad, Chief Eddie Stevenson, Muhammad's wife, who works in the hospital. And she was talking about the increase of uh, admissions, if you will, to uh, that have that, what, what do they call it? You just called it, I, I, I want to say trifecta. Yeah, the, the yeah, tri- yeah, yeah. And, and how you have to really uh, uh, do a, uh, an assessment to get exactly what it is they're experiencing. Exactly. And how many young people are coming in with that. And yep. so uh, you just bore witness to it. But we also suggest, brothers and sisters, if you want to take practical steps for self-care and learn more about what you can do to protect yourself, you can go to org forward slash the letter C and the number 19. Again, NOI.org forward slash C19. Uh, you, you should consider immune boosters, which are, is good nutrition, the sun, fresh air, as Brother Rudolph has already said, exercise, vitamin D3, vitamin C, 
quercetin, and zinc. You might want to consider antiviral and antiseptics for prevention and treatment such as ivermectin, black cumin seed, or believe it or not, something as simple as an antiseptic gargle mouthwash can help as a defense uh, against these diseases, these pestilence, if you will, that not only we in America are experiencing, but if you listen to the news, there's an outbreak again in China right. uh, as we speak of the uh, COVID-19. So they saying it's uh, rapidly spreading. I mean, we're not there. We don't know. All we can go by is the news that we've been getting. They're saying it's possible 800 million could become affected in the next 90 days and a half a million could die. So whether it's that or whether it's the extreme weather, if you're watching the Weather Channel, uh, we're suggesting that if you have a smartphone, get a, an app of the Weather Channel. It's for free or FEMA. So you're That's aware. Correct. You don't. You don't have yep. to stop. You might be on the road. You don't have to stop to go watch a TV uh, program, uh, but uh, it may be helpful to, to put an app on your smartphone. Um, just last night in uh, the Northeast uh, was transformed <laughs> into what they considered a winter wonderland. Uh, yes, side there as it crossed the country, storm delivered snow across the region. Uh, it did more than brighten the spirits. You got to be prepared. Do you have uh, preparation for if you get stranded while traveling on the road? Freezing sleet, rain, snow. How the treads on your tires? Huh? How's your antifreeze level? Have you checked the fluids in your car? These are just some of the things, and you know, whether you have brakes or not, you want to have the best brakes you can have. But if you hit a uh, right. black ice, do you know how to get back on track as best you can? If you need to uh, uh, straighten your car out and your car is moving to the right, do you move it to the left, your steering wheel, or do you move it to the right? You know, these are just Good some question. things that you need to consider uh, should you get caught in that unfortunate situation. And so... Um, Again, whether you go to FEMA.gov or whether you tune in to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness Weekly, we want you to be prepared, uh, brothers and sisters. We want to survive. And so uh, back to the disclaimer, there are some things that we agree with, with the CDC, which, you know, we, we use those letters, but it's actually meaning what? The center for disease control and prevention. Prevention, right. See, we're more concerned with the prevention. They always forget prevention. that prevention part. They don't forget it. They deliberately <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> so look, they ain't trying CDC, to prevent ain't that something? Now, they come out with what they call eight health tips. Remember that bomb in Gilead for safe, for the safe period, right, which, you know, there are people who classify themselves as Christian who will be celebrating 
whatever it is that they celebrate. But look at the eight health tips that the CDC put out. Now, again, we, we're not down with the vaccination. That's up to you. The choice is yours. But they say eat healthy and be active. We're down with that. We refer right. to you the volume of the books from God in person, Master Far Muhammad of How to Eat to Live by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, book one and book two. That's a God-given right. immune system. And That's the right. best defense against COVID-19. The minister, the honorable uh, Elijah Muhammad said, quote, if we eat the proper food and eat at the proper time, the food will keep us living a long, long time. So we're in accord with eating healthy and being active, exercise. We mentioned that. But there's a science to it, brothers and sisters. It's not just eating healthy. You have to think good thoughts as well. I pray you're with me. Let's see what else we got going on here with the eight healthy steps. Food safety. Do you read the labels on your food? (laughs) Do you have any idea what those words mean, those chemicals on that label mean? Do you know how to prepare your food properly? Right. That's one of the units that the Muslim girl training, general civilization class, learns and is taught week in and week out about food safety, how to prepare food, both at home and abroad. And so we are in accord with that, food safety, how to prepare your, are are the utensils and the pans that you're preparing your food in. I hope they're not aluminum. Deadly. CDC goes on to say that hand washing is critical. We should wash our hands. As Muslims, right. we call it ablution, a wudu, before we go into prayer, salat, the masjid. We should wash our hands like we're surgeons. Because if you're a savior, you're a servant, you have to be surgical with our people. And when you go to our people, we don't know where they've been, when the last time they washed their hands. So we're in accord with washing hands now, thoroughly. We right. talked about cold weather safety and home heating. Again, you have to assess where you live, how you live. You have to have situational awareness, what to do, where to do, when to do, and how to do. If you can afford it, get you a smoke detector and a carbon monoxide detector. If you can afford it, Get you a fire extinguisher. These are some of the best. Learn how to use it now. Make sure your batteries are protected now. These are some of the best investments just short of teaching your children the knowledge of self. What about coping with stress? May Allah be pleased with our dear brother. I believe he was the DJ on the Ellen Show, a brother they call, I don't know, Twist or something. Twist. Yeah. yeah, they said they said they found him in a hotel with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. You know, I wasn't there. I don't know. 
but that's what they're reporting. And as I understand it, he had some mental challenges that may have led him to uh, that unfortunate situation if what we're being told is true. So may Allah be pleased with him and his family, give them the necessary comfort. Uh, again, prevent injuries, brothers and sisters. Brother Rudolph, funny as all get out. Now, here I am, along with you. Some may consider us subject matter experts on disaster preparedness. I'm in the hotel last week in Baltimore, and brothers and sisters, whenever you visit a hotel, make sure you look at the door uh, behind for two reasons. Look at the safety mechanism of the lock. And look at the fire safety exit plan that that should should you have to evacuate, you know which is the closest stairwell to evacuate. If it's a fire in a hotel, don't get on the elevator. So do that. (laughs) So anyway, I do that. And uh, I'm about to go to the meeting, uh, Brother Rudolph. I just got finished ironing my gear. Suited, booted, and Farrakhan recruited. I fold up the ironing board and cut my finger. So, of course, I'm like, all right, where's the first aid kit? I got two of them in my car. (laughs) None in the room. I'm laughing. I'm saying God has a sense of humor when it comes to me. So, brothers and sisters, keep your first aid kit with you. Somewhere in your bag. I had two different bags. I got two first aid kits, but they were in my car across the street (laughs) on the third floor. That wasn't stopping the bleeding. (laughs) So anyway, brothers and sisters, you know, know for surety too. Run some cold water on it. If you have an abrasion like that, you don't have a Band-Aid, get you a paper towel or something, and then uh, apply pressure on it. And more than likely, depending on the nature of the cut, it will stop you from bleeding until you get a Band-Aid. So that's hilarious, Brother Rudolph. Don't laugh too loud, brother. I'm still your brother, (laughs) man. I'm still your brother. And if anybody is is laughing, then Brother Rudolph knows I don't tell jokes because nobody laughs. But when I tell you the truth, I'll have you cracking up. And that's the truth. That's the truth. So, brothers and sisters, continue to eat healthy with good thoughts. Continue to be active. Uh, Continue to build your immune system. Think about food safety, washing your hands, cold weather safety and home heating, coping with stress, travel safety, and prevent injuries. These are the eight steps. I gave you seven because, again, uh, we don't believe in taking the flu vaccination. However, I mean the vaccines for the COVID-19. But, again, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. I just wanted you to understand there are some things we agree with, the uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, but then there are others that uh, we say word to the wise is sufficient. So thank you for listening, Brother Rudolph. I'll pass it on to you as we're at 5, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And, again, we encourage our listening audience to tune in, press 1 on your star pad, come into the conversation so that we can take it wherever God wants us to take it for a better program. Brother Rudolph? 
Yes, sir. All I'm going to say, brother, we're going to substitute that one point about the flu vaccine or whatever it is. We're going to substitute that, throw that out, delete that, get rid of that. And what we're going to add is pray. Mm. We're going to add spiritual uh, 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 um, enlightenment. We're going to add making sure that people to the author of your existence, the architect of your arrival here on the planet. Ooh, we just heard that. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking, and how may we be of service to you? Hi, assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. This is Brother well, Reginald Muhammad. How is everything going? This is well, our brother, brother Reginald Muhammad from down Austin, Texas way, but he's with the 10,000. I mean, he's our brother, but he also represents the 10,000 feelers. The 10,000 feelers, that's 10,000. You know, like these 300, but this is 10,300, okay? And they're fearless. That means you can't pump them. You, their heart don't pump no Kool-Aid. It don't matter right. what's going on. They stand strong in the face of opposition. So when you were talking, Brother Yusuf, about good food, he, he and his wife popped into my head because not only do they have a farm and are they growing good, clean, organic food, but they're taking it from seed to the table. Beautiful. And providing it for others to be able to get a good, wholesome meal. But I'm going to shut up and let him tell you about it. Brother Reginald? Yes, sir, brother. He is absolutely correct. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had just left the farm about 30 minutes ago. Uh, not only are we getting, you know, produce out of the uh, out of the ground as well, but we also got, if anybody checking out uh, our Facebook page, we have eggs as well farm-raised eggs as well. We got large eggs and we got small eggs coming out like, like clockwork right now. My chickens, I like to say my chickens are working overtime, brother. They're working overtime. We're getting, every two days, we're giving three three dozen of eggs or more. So we're pumping out some pretty good product right now. Um, inshallah, after Savior's Day, I say inshallah, after Savior's Day, we're going to crank up what we're going to start doing now is potatoes because we have an outsource now that um, that has a restaurant that they want us to start producing potatoes for them, and amongst other things. So yes, sir, we are we are doing well here, brother. It's it's Austin, Texas, but it's it's by way of Taylor, Texas. If you are familiar with anything with Taylor, uh, you familiar with anything with the news? That is where the uh, new Samsung building is being built in Taylor, Texas. We are about. Uh, 15 minutes away from the new Samsung bill. Yes, sir. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what we should be doing. That's that, how right. you know the food is organic and is grown properly because you know the person that's doing it, and you know that they want for themselves what they want for you. And so they're not going to feed you anything that they would not eat. 
And so if you get grow something and I grow something and Brother Yusuf grows something and then the surplus of what we have, we can give to each other, mix, match, and barter, and this is how we know that we have some good, clean, wholesome food around. And the more of us that do it, the more food we can produce to feed ourselves and our people. Brother Yusuf. Yes, sir. It seems like we got them coming in right now. That sounds like an air horn. And, Brother Reggie, yes, keep sir. doing what you're doing, brother. And stay with us, brother, please, because I want to hear Absolutely. Yes, the, sir. The, the update of the landscape from your vantage point in addition to Brother Rudolph used the word cornucopia earlier today. I don't know if you heard it, but cornucopia is a horn of plenty, a symbol of abundance, nourishment, overflowing with produce. But I hear the air that's horn. Why, that's oh, why he's the pastor of disaster. Go ahead, brother. Stop playing with me. Somebody just called in, though, and we want to ask them who they are, where they're calling from, and how may we serve you. Assalamualaikum. Sound like Brother Kevin. Kevin, Yes, sir. Brother Kevin Muhammad calling from the uh, 757. I just wanted to first uh, give the greetings to two hardworking brothers and just to bear witness that these are two brothers that are married, that are professional, that are married to Muslim-believing women. And this program is not sponsored by Pepsi or Coca-Cola. It's not sponsored by T-Mobile or Samsung. It's not sponsored by the Dallas Cowboys or the Washington Redskins, I mean, Pigs, I mean, Commanders. These are brothers that are doing it from the kindness of their hearts. That's taking their blood, their sweat, their money, their muscle, their time. So I just wanted to bear witness. I'm not prime time. I'm not DB. But, Brother Yusuf, if I could add to your DB, and that's your depopulation brief. I'm not Deion Sanders, but I can talk about a depopulation brief and give you that DB. And I just wanted to add, uh, Brother Yusuf, to what you were saying that's found on page 10 and 11 of the Final Call newspaper. And those are the two quotes from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, if I may, Brother Yusuf and Brother Rudolph. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. The first one is on page 10. It says, quote, before the vaccine was made, I warned us in the name of Allah that this was a death plot. The way to get rid of two to three billion people is to offer you a vaccine. End quote. That was from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan at the Swan Song, February 27, 2022. And last one, uh, this is on page 11 at the top. Quote, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Bill and Melinda Gates, you want to depopulate the earth? What the hell gives you that right? Who are you to sit down with your billions and talk about who can live and who should die, end quote. That was from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from the Criterion. And I would just like, Brother Rudolph, you touched on something that was very, very critical, and that is the news. And I'd just like to finish, Brother Yusuf, with something that came of the newswire from Reuters. And the U.S. Senate just passed a record $858 billion defense act. But what was interesting, Brother Yusuf, inside of that Defense Act, 
was something about the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part about that is that National Defense Act includes a division, a provision, excuse me, that requires the Secretary of Defense to rescind a mandate requiring mm-hmm. that members of the armed forces be vaccinated against COVID-19. So, Brother Rudolph, I know you're a soldier, so I'll end with a part of General Order Number 6 to receive, obey, and pass on to the sentinel who relieves me. All orders from the commanding officer. And we know who that commanding officer is. And that commanding yes, officer on the scene today is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Thank you for these allowing me to share these few seconds and adding to the substance of the conversation. Assalamu alaikum. salam. Thank you, Brother Kevin. Yes, sir. Beautiful. Man. Beautiful. Timely. And that's right. And thank you, Brother Kevin, for calling in, sir. May Allah bless you and your family uh, with the light and the love of understanding. And we thank Allah for what you do, brother, what you've done, what you're doing, and what you'll do by God's That's grace right. and mercy. Praise be to Allah. So, Brother Rudolph, you have put that piece in there on prayer, brother. That, you know, that was, I mean, my goodness. Brother Kevin came in with the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on the depopulation brief. And you, you, when you said prayer, brother, that just took it to a whole nother level. For the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, prayer is the purification of the heart and necessary for all spiritual advancement. And it bears witness to the Holy Quran in Surah 17, Ayat 78. It says, and I quote, keep up prayer from the declining of the sun till the darkness of the night and the recital of the Quran at dawn. Surely, the recital of Quran at dawn is witness. Surely Allah speaks the truth, and I'll let you uh, finish your thought, Brother Rudolph, but I, I, I want to ask also uh, Brother Reginald to consider sharing with us as a gardener, as a farmer, as a husbandman, if you will, how important it is to get up for prayer, to break a dawn and then go out and tend to that produce Allah has blessed you to bless us with. Go ahead, Brother Rudolph, and then we'll segue to Brother Reginald if he's still with us. Oh, I'm going to segue to him right now. All I'm going to say about prayer is this. Again, oh, I'm not going to say anything. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking to, and how may we be of service to you? Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam, man. I'm uh, calling from Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, the study group here. And I just want to say, welcome back. <laughs> you have been missed. <laughs> Thank you, really Chris. It's really good to hear your voices. I just want to say something just, just very briefly. Um, remember that the minister told us about this time about two years ago. So we have to, you know, we have to take notice to that and um, be be very conscious of that. And he also said 
if a man won't treat you right, and or maybe right. the other way around, teach you right, then he won't teach you right. And so we have to be mindful of that and go to information where truth comes from. Right. Um, I am. Um, I'm just. I'm grateful for my help. Um, and uh, you know, pray is the to to pray is the most important thing for us to do. Pray for protection. Pray for for our families. Pray for our extended right. families. That's right. For all. That's right. And so that's that's something that I want to say. And just very briefly, I've had a community garden. Uh, I don't have the garden now, but it was very wonderful when um, when we were able to grow our own food. Now I just grow it in the backyard. Thank you so much. Salam Salam. Thank you, sis. Waalaikum Salam. It sounds like our dear sister, Sister Juba, out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Praise be to Allah. Welcome back, Sister Juba. Thank you for being the supporter that you've been to disaster awareness for community preparedness and keep doing what you do uh, for the young people there. Praise be to Thank Allah. You. It's good to hear your voice, man. That's right. You know, just to Thank finish you. up uh, about prayer, about prayer, what makes it so important yeah. is because, again, prayer, you, you know, let, let me say it this way. If you buy a brand-new car, there's an owner's manual inside. And if something happens to the car, common sense would tell you to go into the owner's manual, find the section, and it'll tell you what the best thing to do for that new car that you just bought. Why? Because the people who made the automobile also are giving you the common sense and the technical advice on what to do to keep that automobile running and in good working condition to serve you for the time that you have it. Well, think about the human body. The author of our existence gave us an owner's manual. It's called scripture. And inside that scripture, regardless of what perspective you are looking at, whether it's the uh, Torah, whether it's the Bible, whether it's the Quran, inside of that scripture is instructions for our life. And the more we consult with that owner's manual, it keeps us plugged in to the architect of our existence, and it helps us to understand what we must do in order to live a life that's acceptable to the creator and it will help us have a life more abundantly. So prayer is absolutely essential. It's like um, if you're cooking, it's one of those ingredients that helps to bind all the other ingredients together, concretize them together in order to make whatever it is you're cooking come out tasting scrumptious because it helps to pull everything together. Well, that's what prayer does. Yes, you, can, you will only be so successful in the things that you're doing 
if you're not praying. But if you add prayer, prayer is like adding yeast to some flour. Now that stuff is going to rise, and you're going to have that light, airy bread. Oh, man, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop, Brother Yusuf. I'm going to stop right there. No, sir, Brother Rudolph, you are right on point, brother, because what you're speaking to is something that's tailor-made to you. It's nothing different, brother, than when you go get a soup and you got a suit off the rack. Some of us are built to where we can wear a suit off the rack, but some of us got to get it tailor-made to us. That's right. And I was harking harking on to the Lord where I would say our brother brother Dapper Dan was one of our greats that makes suits tailor-made to us. Now we have our brother Jay. That's doing uh, doing the exact same thing, but in another form. So yes, sir, brother. But to answer your question, brother Yusuf, you have to be one with Allah because if you are not right. one with Allah, nothing that you are doing when it comes to Allah's creation is going to come to fruition, and you're going to see any substance to that. Uh, we 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 definitely pray before we do anything, and if you know anything about the 10,000 fearless first responders, we are a praying community. We prayed That's before right. we got we prayed before we got the land. We prayed that we have the land, and then we're praying that we have the restaurant to sustain the land. Uh, but yes, I would tell you, I would tell you this: us as a, a believing body and community, uh, we went out to the land uh, about 30, 60 days ago, and we sat in a circle. And we all prayed uh, as a unit as we were growing things in the ground. So we took part in a, a prayer, a unity prayer, in the uh, in the uh, right before uh, the last prayer because it, it gets you know dark here a little, little different now. And uh, we did a unity prayer, but before that we were all we did a unity growing party, but we took part in whole fast on that and did a unity prayer so we can get some more produce out of the land. And I tell you, brothers, since that prayer, we've been getting some crazy weather, but we're also getting some crazy, crazy produce. And like I said, our chickens and our horses and everything, they're working overtime for us. So everything is growing wonderfully. Uh, Like I said, after Savior's Day, things are going to amp up because we have more demand now. Remember, we own 100 acres of land, and we only Mm -hmm. touching – five acres of it for for animal husbandry, and then we only touch in four of it for growing uh, produce. So we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. We're just, we're just, we're not even scratching the surface. You know how it is at Savior's Day when you're raising money and everybody's hands go up and you see the buckets. That's just, that ain't even scratching the surface, brother. We're trying to reach our goal and hit our demand. Right. Yes, sir. Beautiful. Beautiful. Man. Thank you, brother, brother Reginald, for sharing that, brother. And for those of us who have tried putting a seed in the ground, whether you're doing it in your backyard like Sister Juba, and I thank brother Kevin Muhammad and his wife, Sister Tasha, they came out to my my little plot, brother uh, 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 Reginald. I'm 25 feet across and 125 feet deep. But all I wanted to do was put a seed in the ground, brother, and I prayed that Lord's Prayer, brother, and, you know, the El Fatiha and the produce that came out of it. And 
when Brother Kevin came out with his son, Brother Quarry, Brother Q, and to see them, you know, harvest the crops this summer, brother, was just beyond uh, 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 my expectations, brother, because all, I just wanted to put a seed in the ground, brother. And then, you know, right. the Bible says some plant the seed, some water the seed, but it's a law of God who gives increase. And when y'all start talking prayer, I can't talk about the yeast and all of that like Brother Rudolph, but you saying make it applicable to, applicable to me. You know, Brother Rudolph is really the preacher. He's the imam of the show. I'm just in the choir pew. Every now and then, when he bring up his no, subject, Brother Reginald, I think about uh, prayer, miracle work in prayer, the answer to it all, our problems, great and small. If you believe, you can achieve all the blessings Allah has for you. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for bringing me out the, 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 the choir pews, Brother, for a second. The doors of the so church are open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's just pass the receptacle and then we do the old uh, 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 Russell Simmons. Thanks for coming out. God bless and good night. But no, right, brothers and right. sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you got to have levity in this work. Uh, Brother Reginald, please give your family our best regards. Please, please, please do that. And the uh, 10,000 fearless 13 there in, in, in Texas where you are. So uh, is there anything else we should be aware of, Brother Reginald, why we have you, brother, because we don't take the gifts that God has given you lightly, brother, and we know our listening audience will be enriched by whatever it is you share with us. Yes, sir, brother. I would just simply say this. You know, who much is given, much is required. So we have to understand that don't think, don't think that whatever Allah blesses you with, that he's not expecting it in tenfold. And when I mean in tenfold, he's expecting it through works. You know, fakes mm-hmm. without works is dead, brother. So you have to get outside, not you personally, but we have to get outside of these four walls, which I call our brownstones, and get to work. Here in Texas, I can't speak for other uh, cities or other states. Here in Texas, we're experiencing a little bit of a cold front that just came through or coming through now. And it's going to be here, what I'm hearing right now, until Christmas. Uh, So we know we don't celebrate the holidays, but we do celebrate the art of giving. So as the scripture says, it's better to give than to receive. Then what we're doing is, because of the uh, weather, because of Allah's blessing us with some beautiful cold weather here, we're doing what they call a a thousand-coat giveaway. A thousand mm. coat giveaway, which means we're going to shut down. Yes, I say shut down our driveway to our store. Well, I drive through, I should say. I drive through to our store, and we're just simply saying, hey, come shop with your brother before you shop with another. And we're just giving away coats from adults on down to toddlers and infants. So you can come get your coat if you're here in the Texas area or in the Austin, Texas area, and uh, get your coat because it is cold out here. Salam alaikum. Salam Salam. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Reginald. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Brother Rudolph? Man, man, that's what I'm talking about. Man, I'm just so glad. You know, we, we, we have to take a second and thank our engineers, brother, Brother Yusuf. That's right. We got that's right. Brother Forrest and his family. Thank Brother that's Jason. Right. You know, thank them for creating the 
avenue for us to be able to do this and then sacrificing the time every mm-hmm. Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. to get us on the air and keep us on the air so that we can do the things that we do. So, yeah, just That's have right. to take that moment to thank them. That's right. Shout out to Black Hole Radio LLC for allowing us to be a part of their wonderful uh, project and getting the word out to our people. And, you know, brothers and sisters, I I, I think and I concur with uh, Brother Reginald, and I know Brother Rudolph is in accord with it, of that uh, 1,000 coat giveaway project that he and the collaboration of those who are working with him are doing there in Texas is – you know, beyond beautiful. And we pray that they're successful and they will be successful because they are a praying family. But he mentioned doing it during this particular time. And whether you celebrate whatever you celebrate during this time, in this society, brothers and sisters, it goes without saying that there are some people who are not as fortunate as others, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. And so uh, there's a group called NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org, and they have a suggestion on what is called holiday blues that too many people in this society experience during this time from, let's just say, November into February. And as they did a survey of the people during this time, they said 64% say they are affected during this time, having the blues, if you will. And 24% say that the holidays affect them, A-F-F-E-C-T, affect them a lot. So what are they? Is the holiday blues is a temporary feeling of anxiety or depression during the holidays that can be associated with extra stress, unrealistic expectations, or even memories that accompany the season. This might include fatigue, tension, frustration, loneliness or isolation, sadness, a sense of loss. The difference between the holiday blues and the clinical anxiety or depression is that the feelings are temporary. However, term problems must still be taken seriously because they can lead to long-term mental health conditions. Some of the tips that NAMI include for avoiding these Holiday Blues, as they call it, NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org, you can go to it, is stick to normal routines as much as possible. And we put the caveat as long as your normal routine is positive. Then they say get enough sleep. Take time for yourself, but don't isolate yourself. Spend time with supportive and caring people. Goes on to say, eat and drink in moderation. Don't drink alcohol if you are feeling down. Again, get exercise. 
even if, if it's only taking a short walk. Make a to-do list. Keep things simple. And the last three would be set reasonable expectations and goals for holiday activities such as shopping, cooking, entertaining, attending parties, or sending holiday cards. Set a budget for holiday activities. Don't overextend yourself financially in buying presents. And last, listen to music or find other ways to relax. Says, remember, the holiday blues are short-term. Be patient. Take things week by week or day by day. And again, you can learn more by going to NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org forward slash holiday blues. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. No, that's uh, a timely piece. And we in the um, healthcare field know that from Thanksgiving to right after New Year's is the highest incidence of suicides for some reason. Um, And right after daylight savings time, what they call, um, uh, what? Um, it, it labels from cabin fever, um, mm-hmm. cabin fever, mm-hmm. Then. Mm-hmm. and what it basically is is that now people aren't getting the amount of sunlight that they used to get. Sundowners syndrome, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Syndrome, and it does have play a very, very um, big part. On the status of a large population of of the world, not just in any one location. So these things are real, um, and they have real effects on people, and they need people need to be aware of it uh, um, in your mental health community. There are so many different diagnoses out and mm-hmm. some people have more than one thing going on at one time. The main thing, though, what that we have to know is that when mental health is concerned, one, there's no funding out here. They've taken stripped all the funding away from mental health, and they've used it for other things. So your state hospitals that should be openly with people who have mental health issues, they're not there. And so the regular health care system is being overwhelmed and bombarded with all of these people out here with these mental health issues, and the average health care provider is not equipped to deal with per- mm. person with mental health issues. They have no idea how to deal with them. That is a specialized area and it's specialized treatment that's needed for persons who are undergoing mental health crises. And so we have to uh, put pressure 
on the elected officials to get that money back into the budget in the inner cities and to get the adequate facilities reopened that specifically deal with mental health issues. Look, if you have cancer, you're not going to go to the local hospital uh, to deal with your cancer issue. You're going to go to a cancer facility because that's what they specialize in. So it's ludicrous to think that a person that's having a mental health crisis is going to go to a regular emergency room, and then when they're yelling and screaming, and they're, as we call it, bugging out, the only response that they have is tase them, put these leather restraints on them, medicate them. That's the only response they have to them because they have no idea how to deal with them. But those who are in the system that know how to deal with them, they're not authorized, empowered, nor do they have the authority to do anything with them. So it's a downward spiral, and it just adds to the current problem in the overburdened health care system of this country that we live in. Uh, So I just wanted to throw that out there, Brother Yusuf. No, that's critically important. I'm glad you did, Brother Rudolph, critically important. And uh, let me give a shout-out to the All Healers Mental Health Alliance because I'm actually uh, offering some of this information from their news and update uh, December 2022 edition. Shout-out to Dr. Nell Prim, who uh, I had the blessing of being with uh, this past weekend at the Black Family Summit in Baltimore. And so in her bulletin, she has sent uh, us these resources that uh, I certainly think and we certainly think um, you want to consider uh, should a crisis arrive during this time based on, you know, the history of what has happened to us as a people and based on the overall society in general. And so, you know, I, I reflect on the blessing of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, where he introduced fasting to us as believers uh, in the 30s, in the month of December, the importance of fasting because all of the prophets did it as well, but also to remove ourselves from the frivolity of what goes on during this time of year here in America, you know, coming out of the enslavement process, many blacks just wanted to celebrate during this time because they had a day off. It gave you an opportunity to get get drunk, to drink more alcohol, to be away from the hell of a condition that Master had put on us as a people. But even today, you might want to try not only how to eat to live, but fasting during this time, not to mention the merchants of death, how much money they make during this time of year where too many of us, we have to bear witness, are the only people who buy what we want and beg for what we need. And then when we look at it, the new year comes in and February rolls around and we realize we spent money that we didn't have with people that we did not know. And so word to the wise is sufficient. And then the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan blessed us to unite with the Muslim world and fast during the lunar calendar 
which is another blessing, which is coming up probably somewhere around March 23rd, as uh, my research has shown me. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan also offered to us Dianetics as a tool that we might want to consider as well to keep us away from uh, the madness that takes place uh, during this time of the year. And we know in the hood we say misery loves company. So, you know, people do different things to medicate themselves, to think they're better, but only realizing in a couple of days it's just a Band-Aid to a hemorrhaging elephant. And so, look, brothers and sisters, uh, one more thing, because this is critical, as Brother Rudolph just talked about suicide, and we just saw our dear brother, uh, the DJ for for the Ellen Show, I think they call him Twitch. I'm sorry, I don't have his name in front of me, you know, but there is a suicide in crisis lifeline, uh, brothers and sisters, that if you don't know, you can share it or use it if you have to use it. And it's the numbers 988. 988 is considered the suicide in crisis lifeline that no matter where you are in the United States, you can easy, easily access 24-7 emotional support. You can call or text 988 or visit 988 Lifeline, L-I-F-E-L-I-N-E dot org, 988lifeline.org forward slash to chat uh, with a what is written here, a caring counselor. We're here for you, 988 Suicide in Crisis Lifeline. And then, um, you know, we don't know who doesn't have anybody to talk to, but if you're lonely, feeling down, stressed, or overwhelmed, you can all go to. You can also go to a crisis X line. That's free, twenty-four-seven uh, for people in crisis. Text the name in cap capital letters Steve S T E V E to the number seven four one seven four one. Again, you can text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, in capital letters, the 741-741, the crisis text line. And I uh, just wanted to share that as, as, as we move out. Um, shout out to the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters. Shout out to Brother Lieutenant James Grundy out of uh, Plainfield, New Jersey who just transitioned this week. May Allah be pleased with him and give his family the necessary comfort. Uh, I think that's it, Brother Rudolph, from my vantage point. As you know, I'll be going right into uh, another meeting before I go to study group with the Ministry of Health and Human Services. So shout out to to our brothers and sisters that's doing the work all over the nation. But a couple of things that we didn't touch on this week that we may want to in the future touch on, and that is uh, from a firefighter's point of view, the uh, stress that's putting, being put on black chief officers around the country uh, yes, and all that they're going through. And with uh, 39 states plus the District of Columbia stating that it's all right to smoke cannabis, 
smoke weed, I don't know, that's something that they're having to deal with right now, putting a human being who has a profession as a firefighter behind a wheel of an engine or a truck feeding to an alarm under the influence of cannabis. So that's that's a discussion that we might want to consider. And then as I think about whether it's the vaccines or the viruses and the deaths that have occurred behind both, I also think about abortions. Right. And no matter where you are politically on that, I wanted to see the statistics, and they said in 2019, Different institutes do the statistics differently, but the low level was 629,898 deaths nationally. That was the low number. The high number was 930,160 abortions a year. And then gun deaths, where the gun deaths per year Statistics say it's 45,200 and some odd, and it's almost split in half, that half of it is suicide and half of it is homicide. So as we move forward, brothers and sisters, these are just some topics that we're going to look deeper into and maybe share with us coming uh, moving forward, be it the will of Allah. I'm eternally grateful to be the co-host along with my dear brother, Brother Rudolph, I, too, want to thank Black Hole Radio, and I'm going to let Brother Rudolph close us out this week. Thank you for allowing me to serve in this capacity. I thank my family, my wife, my children, my grandchildren for sacrificing themselves that I might be with us uh, week in and week out sharing with you uh, that which uh, has come across my screen since the last time. So even with these words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Thank you, Brother Rudolph. Thank you, family. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Well, family, um, uh, yeah. Um, it's that, yeah, like he said, it's that time. Um, we're coming to the end of another show. Thank the God much that, um, we were able to get through it and to get some information out. And we pray that something that we said has helped someone. And something that we gave, some information we gave, is able to ease someone's pain and suffering and get them to a level where they can deal with whatever is on their plate. And if they can't, that they know that there's a place they can go, there's a number they can call, there's someone out there who can help them to ease the pain and suffering and the stress on their mind of being overloaded and not knowing where to go for help. Remember this, okay? Well, son, I'll tell you. Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. 
It's mm-hmm. had taxes and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor there. But all the time, I've been a climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit down on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fall now. So I still going, honey. I still climbing. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair. That's by Langston Hughes, Mother Hook. Beautiful. I think we can all get something from that, no matter how hard you think it is for you right now. There's somebody who's more, who's going through it, worth to trivialize anybody's situation um, uh, to say that one person is worse than another, one person is better than another. Whatever your situation, if you feel that you cannot cope, take a second, step back, breathe deeply, and understand this too will pass. It's momentary. Trouble doesn't last always. Pain doesn't last always. If you keep getting up, then there'll be another bright, shining morning. There'll be a good day. We're taught in Islam that after difficulty comes ease. Well, what follows that is, for the difficulty to come back again, but then so you can get the ease. In the Lord's Prayer in the Bible, there's a line. It says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Well, the unwritten portion there or the line that you don't see is because because I'm too stupid to lie down myself. We already said that the great grand architect of the universe, the creator, put everything here for us before we got here. We just have to be smart enough and use common sense to utilize what he has already given us for on our behalf. And once we do that and get our own feet out of our own way and realize that he has provided everything that we need, no matter what circumstance comes up, if we can take the time to stop and focus on him, we can get through that dark moment. So, again, thank you, Brother Yusuf. Thank you, Brother Forrest and Sister Yvette. Thank you for of disaster awareness for community preparedness. Those that have called in, those that just listened, and those that will listen in the future, we are here to serve you. May Allah bless you with a blessed and healthy week. And inshallah, next Friday, same time, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will meet again to talk about What's going on, the time, and what must be done. Assalamu alaikum.
heaven So oh. 